Yeah. I love my HBCU. And boy, I love it, love it. I love it, love it. I love my HBCU. And man, I hope my team they won one. Yeah. I hope my team they won one. Yeah. Man, I hope my team they won one. Yeah. I hope my team they won one. Yeah. I tune into the HBCU Sports Lab to see if my team won a loss. If they lost, I'm quiet as a mouse. But if they won, keep tab. Uh, I'ma do the dab, yeah. Dr. Cavill, yeah. he know what he be talking about. Talkin Mike about. and Charles, Talk. they know what they be talking about. Talkin they about. compress the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they wanna love yeah. And who the ball, So listen to Professor, yes sir, yes. This is Dr. Cavill with Inside HBC Sports Lab with Mike Washington Charles. Bishop Mike Washington still on assignment and Charles. It's the quiet before the storm. Still on cloud nine, Doc. Still on cloud nine. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's why it's the quiet before the storm. That was probably the quiet. You still up there in the cloud, huh? There you it. go. I'm not mad. Welcome to episode 217 of Inside the HBC Sports Lab radio show and podcast. The show is covering the sporting HBCU dash for all things HBCU sports from institutions large and small, from the NEIA to NCAA, we share insights and information on the HBCU sports culture, HBCU athletic aesthetics to facilitate the story of HBCU athletic programs in the business of HBCU sports. I'm your host, Dr. Kenyatta Cavill, along with my co-host, Mike Washington, Charles Bishop, for filming from our home studios and sending a signal live to Case Waste 1230 AM Studios with Texas Radio Hall of Fame, Ralph Cooper in the beautiful home, Texas Southern University from Houston, Texas. Uh, we're about to get on our first guest, but... Uh, Charles, as you still on cloud nine, I guess I purposely have moved forward so fast and furious you wouldn't believe it. <laughs> I <So> understand. <laughs> as we bring on our guests, uh, how you doing? Any big news you got out there before we get straight to our interview? Yeah, well, I think the big news is uh, everybody's waiting on tomorrow to see what the G-men are, are going to unveil uh, in regards to their new uh, head football coach, so that you have that information out there. So uh, looking forward to it. And then, you know, it's it's the week before the Celebration Bowl. There'll be a lot of buildup going into the Celebration Bowl, two great teams, Jack State and South Carolina State. And, you know, well, I'm sure we'll get into a little bit of basketball. We had uh, – we talked a little bit about it on Sunday, but uh, we talked with Coach Johnny Jones. But we've had some some great HBC basketball being played thus far early this season. So uh, a lot of stuff to get into. We'll get into it. Yeah, I believe we have a guest coming in here, Yolanda Claymore. She can come on in as we get into it. You know, I always talk about the business of HBC sports. So this episode, we're going to talk about the economic component of business of sports as it relates to the city of Jackson, uh, as we have the communication manager of visitjackson.com. It's going to give us a little insight in terms of the economics of Jackson State University, uh, playing these home games, what does it mean all year long, and then culminating with the 2021 Cricket Wireless SWAC Football Championship game presented by Pepsi Zero. Man, that's a lot of names in there, a lot of sponsors. That must mean there's <laughs> a lot of money. How are you doing today, Yolanda? I'm great. What about you? Doing well. I'm so glad that you could take out a little time of your busy schedule and talk to us really about when we say economics and sports and business of sports, can you give us a little more clarification what that is? But before we get into that first question, 
Mm-hmm. Um, please tell us a little bit about yourself, maybe where you're from, if you're connected with HBCUs, and how ultimately you got to visitjackson.com. I am uh, a graduate of Tougaloo College, which is a private HBCU. Yes, but a very, very strong supporter of JSU. Um, my uncle was the uh, head of security at Jackson State in the 70s. My mom went there, my dad, uh, my uh, sister went there, cousins. So it's been a part of my family. I, I recall uh, my uncle stopping the parade in my mind for homecoming to pass me my tickets for the game with my birthday present. So I have a lot of fun memories when it comes to Jackson State University, the I love. Uh, I am originally from San Diego, moved to Mississippi, Ooh. and um, I've been with Visit Jackson from 2000 to 2011 to 2018. Left and went out to our airport for about two years and then made my way back to Visit Jackson. So I am currently the Director of Communications for Visit Jackson. No doubt about it. I love that you provided that historical context. And all HBCUs are embedded in their cultural community, obviously, the city, oftentimes the state. But I can't, I'd be remiss if I wouldn't admit this. There's something about Mississippi, the interconnectedness of the multiple HBCUs there, particularly in the city of Jackson and how they are really integrated with Jackson State University. So I really appreciate you. Yeah, it, it's actually funny because when we see people that we haven't seen in a long time, we really have to figure out, did you go to Tougaloo or did you go to Jackson State? So that's how much we <laughs> like interchange it. and we're on each other's campuses. So definitely fi- family there. Good deal. So let's get back to that question uh, as we get into it. And then I'll let Charles follow up with the question there. Um, economics. You know, what does it mean when we talk about economics and sports as it relates to, you know, visit Jackson.com? Well, it's big business. Uh, Sports is big business. And, you know, unfortunately, Jackson State or the city of Jackson has not been privy to that big business in a very long time. Uh, We have to go back to probably W.C. Gordon days or um, even Coach Comedy. Uh, Big Daddy Carson, all those uh, coaches, when they were here, we had a winning program. Of course, you're going to have more support, more tickets sold, more money flowing in the city. But we are certainly ecstatic to have uh, Coach Prime and his team here and the winning program that they produce that has attracted big business. I mean, you d- we didn't have uh, General Motors and Pepsi and all these other sponsors coming to the table until this kind of um, winning season came along. Great point. Charles, follow up a question? Sure. I, I wanted to get a little bit more into uh, what exactly does Visit Jackson do uh, uh, for the, the city of Jackson and how there's that interconnectivity with Jackson State University? Well, we are the official destination marketing organization for the city of Jackson. We typically market to um, visitors to come to Jackson. And of course, there's going to be that relationship with our major universities, especially Jackson State being the largest university in the capital city. Um, And it's important that we have a great partnership. And of course, we were in in bed with Jackson State way before Coach Prime uh, because they are vital to our community. Um, So there's a strong relationship there. Uh, we partner with them to ensure that whatever information that is needed 
to bring people into the city that we provide that and we partner with them to get the message out about Jackson, Mississippi, what there is that we offer here. Uh, we're known for civil rights, for music, for culinary literature. And there's so many things that, that happened right here in Jackson, Mississippi that not only impacted our city, our state, but it's etched in the fabric of America. When you think mm. about the civil rights movement, when you think about um, Walter Payton, when you think about all these different icons that Jackson has had privy to uh, nurture and culture into America. I want to follow up. There was an article out there that talked about a $30 million impact over, mm -hmm. over the season or what have you. Uh -huh. um, first of all, how does that kind of come together and calculate it? We don't have to go too deep in it for the okay. economists out here, but just in general. And then the follow-up uh, question would be, what other type of events would be core level to that, you know, it would be similar at that level of impact. Okay, well, basically we utilize a uh, tourism academy or an industry respected calculating device <laughs> that is, is industry-wide and it calculates based upon the number of attendees. And then there is different uh, sectors that it considers. It, it considers whether they are a daytime visitor, whether they are uh, in driving distance, whether they, they still may not spend the night, but they're in driving distance and they may come in and eat in your city. Um, and then of course you have that overnight factor where they're gonna lodge in your city and they're gonna stay here and spend a little bit more money. Uh, the, the, you have so many different sectors that it considers in that number. And it varies from time to time. It, depending on the game, like an all corn game may factor differently than a Prairie View game uh, because of the rivalries and the history with those two different universities. So you may consider that 70% are daytime visitors and only 30% are overnight visitors for one game, but it may may vary a little bit um, from that number. And then oh, that number is calculated to identify what those people would spend as a daytime visitor versus a night an overnight visitor in the city. Great points you make there when you talk about that because one team, obviously, a lot of the fans that would come in would probably have to fly, which right. means they're more likely going to stay overnight. You come mm -hmm. with a relatively local uh, program, they're more likely right. um, a part of them may not stay overnight. They may come in. Uh, so yeah. it's, I'm glad that you share that component of it. Anything else that we may need to consider that we really didn't ask you about understanding, visit uh, jackson.com or anything you want to say about having folks visit that may not have Visit Jackson. Well, again, I, I have to say that Visit Jackson has a lot to offer. The city of, city of Jackson has a lot to offer. Uh, a lot of people overlook us and, you know, cause we have such bad press as far as the negativity uh, concerning the state of Mississippi alone. And then we add in Jackson, um, there's a tendency to not value what we have to offer. But again, mm. You cannot, yeah. you cannot tell the civil rights story without Jackson, Mississippi. Uh, yeah. Hezekiah Watkins, who was the youngest freedom writer, uh, was arrested in prison as a 13-year-old boy right here in Jackson, Mississippi. Uh, we have um, activists that, uh, again, you can't tell the story without, without Megger Evers, who was the Martin Luther King of Mississippi and, mm -hmm. um, you know, carried the torch and... and um, 
really, really allowed me to sit where I stand today. And, um, uh, and then when you talk about music, we have uh, blues music. We have over 13 blues trail markers in the city of Jackson. When you mm. think about Jackson, there's a, the historic Ferris Street that uh, you can go get your smoke from Big Apple Inn. And that's authentic to, authentic to Jackson. And I, I guarantee you, when Charles comes home, he's got to go over there and get smoke. I have to. Yeah, I have to. <laughs> And so true. I stayed right there off Capitol and I saw one of those plaques there and I was like, oh, this is night. And I, and I you know, I, I'd be careful how I put this out there, but I took it all in. I took it all in. So I made sure I did my business. And then you, when you think about Jackson, um, the hospitality effect. <laughs> I don't all know if you all saw the, the young man who was from Ole Miss that went viral. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, I did. I mm-hmm. mean, but that's the kind of experience that you're going to have in Jackson. And it doesn't matter what color you are, what what your uh, what your any kind of preference you have, you're gonna be treated with hospitality, and because um, we are the city with soul. No doubt about it. I feel it, and I, as I said, uh, Charles, a lot of places I didn't quite get to. You know, I do like to partake now. I am working out, but which means I <laughs> get what I want to and treat myself really well when it's time. Some places I got to get back to. So I will be coming back to Jackson. There's good, no, good. no doubt about it. Be sure uh, to hit me up when you come. All right, I will do that. <laughs> I can show uh, you the city. <laughs> okay. Hey, hey, that's the deal. You ain't got to ask me twice. <laughs> well, let, me so say, let, me, let me just say real quickly that sure. you know when you think about the economic impact that Jackson State has on the city on the state 30 million dollars of economic impact uh, you know a lot of people criticize what that means for Jackson State but um, you know, it's like they envisions a room with $30 million <laughs> and city officials or whoever can take advantage of that money, but that's not how it works. Right. Uh, this money is figured based upon those different sectors. Like I said, whether it's lodging, whether it's restaurants, whether um, it's business services, retail, transportation, so many different space rental, because, you know, HBC, you, we're going to have a party after the game. So even those things are factored in and that still uh, reciprocates back to Jackson State via taxes um, because you have to take taxes and everything that we do, whether that's city or state, which goes back into uh, the university. And, 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 and on top of that, it gives JSU so much more marketability, more TV mm-hmm. coverage. Um, when there is a, a supply and demand you have limited space at the stadium. So now you're in, they're in a position where those tailgates might be a little bit higher. Um, uh, the, the advertisement opportunities are probably going to go up a little bit uh, and ticket prices will even go up. So, and then you have all those businesses that were kind of sitting on the sidelines this year, trying to see what, okay, they know coach prime as prime time, but how's he going to do, how is he going to, um, empower his team to be a winning team and now that they see that they are swag champions okay let me invest a little bit more money into jackson state sure no doubt about it yeah. uh, exactly right well said this is Dockerville inside the hbc sports lab with mike washington charles bishop we're visited by yolanda claymore of communication manager of visit jackson.com want to say thank you for your time we're going to get into this break um and We'll get right back to it. 
thank you so much for coming on and giving us a little information about the economics of sports and more about Jackson in itself. <laughs> thank you for having me. We'll be right. Q-Time is our classic Atlanta soul food restaurant located in the historic West End. Q-Time Soul Food is a family business started by Fred and Christine Crenshaw. Come on in, relax, and sink your chops into our tantalizing, mouth-watering, distinctive soul food with a twist, the Q-Time way. 1120 Ralph David Abernathy Boulevard, or call your order in at 404-758-2881. Do you miss your mama's cooking? Then come on down to Q-Time, an Urban Passport member. For 200 years, Montgomery, Alabama has been making history by people who had the courage to stand up for change. Today, this riverfront city has been reborn, embracing the past and looking forward to the future. From the National Memorial for Peace and Justice to the stage of the Alabama Shakespeare Festival, this is where history was and is made. We are proud to call Montgomery home, and together, we can be the change. Now you can live in Texas and not have a good red meat blend. Texas Cowboy Dust is designed for steak and other red meats. It's out to be my most popular spice blend, made with onions, peppers, ground mushrooms, pink salt, and other spices. Texas Cowboy Dust also goes great with chicken, pork, vegetables, and has a restaurant-quality sheen to gravies and sauces. It's like a loop machine. Vanilla smoked sea salt seasoning is for seafood. The tarragon and fennel bring out the natural sweetness in seafood. I also use it in rice dishes, on yams, asparagus, blueberry pancakes, and believe it or not, chocolate chip cookies. Vanilla smoked sea salt adds a salty and savory component to sweet dishes that create a symphony for the tongue. The Cuvée Group is a Florida-based marketing and training consulting firm. We help businesses communicate to their target audience and engage them in conversation. We also help to expand their audiences, which will ultimately result in growth for those organizations. In addition to being a certified constant contact specialist, my colleagues and I are also certified in John Maxwell Leadership Principles. We use these proven principles to conduct workshops, training, and private coaching sessions for individuals and companies looking to take things to the next level. Contact us to schedule a free consultation. Issues today, don't delay, call Cuvée. Since 2002, Empowerment Resources, Inc., a nonprofit organization, has empowered more than 1,500 youth and adults in Duval and surrounding counties. Through its programs, Journey into Womanhood, Girls Mentoring, Life Skills for Teens, and Parenting Education Coaching. To get involved with programs, volunteer, or donate, visit www.empowermentresourcesinc.org. Follow us on social media, facebook.com forward slash empowerment.resources and instagram.com forward slash empowermentjax. Press the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gonna tell you if your team, if they wanna love, love, and who the ball, so listen to Professor Yes, sir. yes sir. and pay attention because he's going to teach a lesson. This is Dr. Bill with Inside HBC Sports Lab with Mike Ross Charles Bishop. As you see, we're back into it with our second interview. None other than the executive director of the MEAC Swag Challenge and the celebration bow on that would be 
uh, Cricket Wireless Celebration Bowl. It's a big one. You had your media day this morning. It looks like you still dressed up and prepared to go. Got your golf design in the background, man. It, it, things must be going well for you. <laughs> well, you you know, I thought I'd uh, at least put a background to to say I wish of where I wish I could be right now. But as we well know, I, I you know we're grinding at this moment and uh, just really excited about this upcoming celebration bowl. Certainly, really appreciate you taking your time. As I know you're quite busy, so we'll get to it straight to it. First question I had. Uh, I read out there, it seems like the tickets are going briskly. In fact, I read somewhere that essentially the lower bowl was sold out. You had to extend for more tickets, maybe standing room. Can you give us an update on that? Um, yeah, we, you know, we're really excited. The lower bowl sold out uh, actually on Sunday. Uh, we opened <laughs> the, in, uh, another level, uh, and we currently now have somewhere around 1,000 or just inside 1,000 tickets left. So fans out there who are interested in going, you know, you, ha- you, you, you have an opportunity still, but there's no question about it that this game is going to be a sellout. Wow. Well, with that being said, for those that have already booked maybe airlines and rooms and are searching for tickets, one, we encourage them to get them right now. You can still watch the show, but go ahead and log in and get your tickets. I want you to say that it was because of inside the HBC Sports Lab you didn't get your tickets. But for whatever reason, if something comes up, um, but they still want to be a, there and a part of the event, tell us about some of the events that are going on that they can partake, even if they maybe can't get in the stadium, even with standing room on. Well, you know, uh, they're, they're, it's, this is a, a great week. This is probably, um, I don't want to say probably, it is the most uh, extensive Cel- uh, cricket celebration bowl weekend of activities that we've ha- that we've we've ever had um we starting out with with uh, the welcoming the teams the teams are coming in on wednesday and courtesy of delta airlines they're flying in on charters to, to bring them in and out of atlanta so we, we're starting uh, in, in a first class way uh, and we'll have events for them on wednesday night we have starting uh, again on thursday there are a series of things that are related to the teams, but as far as fans are concerned, uh, on Thursday night, we have our champion circle showcase at the college football hall of fame. Uh, that's going to be outstanding. Uh, there's a luncheon on Friday, uh, where we're, where we're, we're honoring a roasting Dr. Demons Thomas, who's retiring as the, or transitioning as, as he likes to say, as commissioner of the MEAC conference. And then of course, Friday night, uh, the SWAT conference and Dr. Charles McClellan are hosting the um, the the SWAC uh, Hall of Fame inductions uh, dinner, which is going to be outstanding at the Omni Hotel. That, that encourage if you haven't gotten tickets to either one of those events I just mentioned, uh, you should please do so be, uh, because I'm sure that's also going to be a sellout event as well. But then um, Saturday morning is when when it really gets live for fans uh, at our Coca-Cola Fan Experience. We're going to start, which opens at 830 in the morning. I've, and I've heard, you know, gosh, John, that's awfully early. But you know what? Early birds get the worms. And uh, I'm going to equate that to the same thing we have with our tickets. Uh, early birds getting the worms. <laughs> well said, um, well so but but at 9 a.m., we've got the uh, marching 101 of South Carolina State and the sonic boom of the South uh, in facing off in a band jamboree. That's going to allow fans to be up close, personal, and see these two tremendous marching bands 
you know, played back and forth to each other. Um, basically, we're taking the zero quarter and putting it right down there with the fans. And that's going to be exciting. And then we have two great high school bands there as well. But there's food. There's activations from our corporate partners. And then we're going to culminate that uh, with a, a show by Big Boy just before we um, head into the stadium uh, for the, the kickoff of the, the uh, Cricket Celebration Bowl matchup with uh, Jackson State and South Carolina State. But we also have a surprise for fans who, who, who are there. Um, going to thank the Walt Disney Company because they're going to be unveiling Drum Major Mickey. Um, the, which, which would be the first for, for to have Mickey uh, at an HBCU game. And he's currently being trained as we speak by, by drum majors from Jackson State, Florida A&M, Bethune-Cookman, and uh, from Howard. So that's going to be outstanding, and, and, and drum major Mickey will be opening the uh, halftime show. So stay tuned to your social media. You're going to see some, some images uh, being released later in the week sort of giving you a peek preview of what drum major Mickey is going to look like. We've had the opportunity to see it. And I'm telling you, it is going to be fantastic. Yeah, that sounds fantastic. That's the word I was going to use. I'm just smiling from ear to ear. All this information. Um, obviously, it's my understanding that you're moving the first night to Coca-Cola for the team's private event there, which is nice when you bring that into. So they're going to be treated in first class manner. And then, you know, I'm excited. Friday. You got this thing called Radio Row. So you'll yes, be able to sir. see me and listen to Dr. Bills inside HBC Sports Lab on Friday. We bring you a special edition on Radio Row. And we're going to see if we can sneak John back in there. I know his schedule is busy. We might be able to see if we can sneak him for two, three minutes. You know, he'll find a way to sneak around that, see if we can get him a latest updates and stuff like that. You know, Charles is going to be fired up. He, he He's already lathered up. He's on cloud nine, as he said, <laughs> over the show. <laughs> Good right now. It's good to be the king. It's good to be the king. Oh, man. King of the swag, boy. It's been a long week uh, with all my friends. So, slow burns, Doc Waco. Cost me all my money. I've been giving up cigars so much this week, man. You think I'd have stock? Uh, it's been crazy. <laughs> let Charles get in here from, before I get all blown up and, and just my frustration start to come out. Come on, Charles. Ask for it. Well, well, you know, Mr. Grant, I, I believe I told you maybe uh, a celebration bowl ago or two. Uh, I, I can't wait for this Jackson State fan base to get a taste uh, of the Celebration Bowl. And as you can well see, uh, the tickets are, are at a premium. I got my mom texting me like uh, about all the things that's going on beforehand. So I'm glad you, you put that out there for everybody to know what's going on. But uh, just to they see the, growth. Off the ticket. Oh, man, it's, it's off the chain. Right, right. But but so Grace, the, Grace just saved you. He told you they ain't got no tickets. Right, exactly. They helped out a lot. Thank you. Uh, but to, to see the way uh, the Celebration Bowl has really grown uh, during the, its inception in 2015, uh, just you have an opportunity to just kind of step back and just enjoy uh, the, the anticipation of this Celebration Bowl. Well, you, you know, we've had an entire year. We've we've had an entire year, actually, because of the COVID pandemic. We didn't have the game in 2020. Mm -hmm. So we know that fans are excited. Um, they're ready to get back into get ready to get back into into this. And so we're celebrating first that football championship football is back, uh, Charles. 
you know, what we really are, are excited about is that, you know, we have two different teams this year. Um, the, the last five years of Celebration Bowl was pretty much dominated by North Carolina A&T. Uh, we did have an Alcorn, rightfully so. They were the champions. But I think over those fi- over that five-year period, others have had an opportunity to really see what it was like and anticipate the opportunity to, to um, what it would be like to get here. And I can let me say to Jackson State fans, it's more than you can imagine. Hmm. It's like nothing you've ever experienced. Any game that you've been to today will not compare to the experience that you're about to have at the Cricket Celebration Bowl. So I want you to come to this game with no preconceived notions about, you know, any game that you've had at, at your stadium or any stadium that you've been to, because this is the Super Bowl. Uh, and we build it with that in mind. We create the amenities with that in mind. Uh, we create the experience for the fans with that in mind. And if you look at it, Charles, as a layered cake, we build it first with um, with a focus on the student athletes. And then on top of that, we lay the layer of the fans that are in attendance. And then on top of that are the fans that are viewers. And so in this three-tiered cake, um, having a sellout just is just a wonderful chocolate icing that's on the top. And I, because I I like chocolate cake, so chocolate icing (laughs) on the top and, and, you know, we just can't be more pleased with how things are going right now. But I want to say again to to any fans, if you're trying to get tickets, get them now um, because watching the, watching the Matt Charles has been watching like watching Pac-Man. (laughs) <laughs> you know, and it's, it, the, the little dots are being gobbled up and gobbled up and gobbled up. You know, I, I'll go to it and I'll come back an hour later and it's completely changed. So it's going to be a great experience. No doubt. Yes, about it. I feel you. Yeah. One would be brownie. Two would be a good chocolate chip cookie. Three would be that chocolate layered cake. So, you know, <laughs> honestly, I can relate a little bit. But I wanted to get back into that concept of Super Bowl. We've heard that terminology. But people understand the Super Bowl when they refer to terms of NFL, the pageantry of it. So could you talk a little bit more of how and what is necessary to separate a bowl game, particularly of this magnitude, when you can put that framework uh, in terms of Super Bowl, if you would, Super Bowl of HBCU games, Super Bowl HBCU classics, Super Bowl uh, bowls uh, relative to HBCU. What do you have to do um, that, fans will understand is different compared to maybe a large classic game, if you would. Well, and, and that's a very good question, um, Dr. Cavill. We, we, you know, let me start by saying this. I've been around HBCU football for a long time. There isn't a, an HBCU major game that I have not attended. Um, we've had the opportunity to study, um, study the field from an HBCU perspective, but I've also analyzed it from PWI's perspective, and I've had consultants working with us, even analyzing the NFL Super Bowl. So when we speak of building uh, the Super Bowl, we take all of those things. Um, you know, the, the marketing that goes around the Super Bowl is is what starts to make it the Super Bowl. So you know, if you notice the Super Bowl, they 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 start for the entire week. They got media in place for an entire week. Um, and they have a radio row. So what do we add? 
we add a radio row. We're the only game, especially in the HBCU sphere, that has such. The only other game that's in, played in that way is the college football playoff championship game where there's a lot of media involved. So we're, we're, we're adding to that. You add to the fact that, look, we have Atlanta. Everybody wants to come to Atlanta. And um, with everything that Atlanta has to offer, either you're coming here, you've got great restaurants, you've got shopping, you've got friends and family. Everyone has friends and family that they know in Atlanta. You lay on top of that, Charles, a venue. There's not, no other venue, uh, in my opinion, like um, Mercedes-Benz Stadium. And I've been in the other venues as well. They're all a little bit different. But the way that uh, Mercedes-Benz Stadium creates a real fan experience, um, there's nothing like it. And we heard that today in our press conference went from both coaches as, as they did because they did a tour of the venue before being on the press on uh, on the presser. And um, if you heard and, and had a chance to listen to the presser, you could hear in their own voices um, that, wow, this is spectacular. And that's a spectacular they know will be for the players. But also we recognize it's going to be spectacular for the fans. To your point, for those that may have not heard the press or heard it yet, certainly, they talked about the fact that at one time they were not, as coaches, they were not proponents of it. But after talking to uh, Broadway, at least Coach Fu said, <laughs> buddy, you talked about the fact that uh, after he talked to his buddy, that he said, no, nah, you, you want to be a part of this. He said he was chasing it all the time and almost felt that he may have had a bad rabbit foot when he decided not to support it. He was so happy to get back after touring. He said, no, this is big time. It's serious. So to your point, anything you want to add uh, before we let you go? Cause we know your schedule is busy. Well, first I want, I want to congratulate. Um, I'm going to start with the leadership of, of both conferences. Certainly um, Dr. Dennis Thomas and his leadership uh, with, with the MEAC and certainly the incoming uh, commissioner elect uh, Sonia Steele's, and then on the SWAC side, uh, Dr. Charles McClellan for his 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 transformational leadership uh, in the SWAC. Next, hey, we the the institutions, the the, the coaching staffs from both both schools and the student athletes, uh, and the, all the work that they put in this year. And then finally, I want to thank the fans. I want to thank those fans out there who are who are coming to the game, who stepped up and supported their their schools all year long those who, who, who are coming to this game that have no affinity, affinity to either school, but they, they recognize the value of this. And we know that for everyone who can't get a ticket, tune in on Saturday to ABC um, because you're watching this game is equally as important as being at the game. And so we want to thank everyone for that. Visit thecelebrationbowl.com for information and to get the final few tickets that are out there. Um, we may try to open up some standing rooms, standing room only. We're talking to the venue about that right now. Uh, but as it stands today, get your tickets and make sure you're one of the lucky ones to intend this year's cricket celebration bowl. Man, it's a hot ticket, hot ticket, boy. I love it. I love to be able to say that about HBCU sports. That's really special. I love the energy and what you put in to making it special. For all those involved, uh, like you said, starting with the players, coaches, administrators, um, fans, uh, at all those different levels, and even the media for that factor. So we appreciate you. Keep up the great work. We'll be chiming in. We'll see if we can get you back in uh, before the Friday 
um, um, Radio Row. We certainly make sure we get you there. But let us know your schedule and we see what we can do to kind of get some closing points to see uh, as we get in the week up. I mean, it was countdown. It's getting hot and heavy in here. And so we know it'll be good. With that, we want to thank you for your time. We're going to get thank into you. this break. No problem. We're going to get in this break. Dr. Bills inside the HBC Sports Lab with Mike Washington, Charles Bishop. We'll be right back after this break. It's never too early to plant the seed, to share the tradition, and instill a sense of pride in your HBCU with your little ones. HBCU Pride and Joy Children's Boutique helps you share your school spirit with a wide selection of adorable kids' apparel and accessories officially licensed from your favorite HBCU. Visit HBCUPrideJoy.com and follow us on all social media at HBCU Pride Joy on Facebook and Twitter. The human voice has always connected audiences with experiences. Major brands all across America have trusted Kevers Voice time and time again. Conversational, powerhouse, intelligent, and sincere. That's the voice you need for your creative marketing process. K-E-A-V-E-R-S-V-O-I-C-E dot com. Kevers Voice, Kevers Voice, Kevers Voice dot com. Always on, all the time. Press the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they wanna love love and who the ball, who the ball. So listen to Professor Yes Sir and pay attention because he gon' teach a lesson. They will send out on Tuesdays. This is Dr. Bill inside the HBC Sports Lab with Mike Washington, Charles Bishop. Get a little inside information. Hope you enjoyed those interviews. We wanted to take you to the source. Give you some information on the sporting economics. We talk about the business of sports. We wanted to let you know what that looks like uh, when we talk about economic income and why it's important that you manage both having the classics, bowl games, as well as home games. How do you maximize that to make sure that your uh, institutions are able to go back to these businesses and talk about supporting them so you can get the economic dollars that allows you to be even more competitive uh, in your sporting events, whether it's in your conference or non-conference games for that factor. With that, I did want to get in a little bit of the um, MEAC offensive and defensive players of the game. I really enjoy the way uh, the MEAC does this. They've signed up, and they wait a little while until the, instead of the end of the season. Obviously, they don't have a, a championship game like you see in the SWAC where they unveil it essentially for that big game uh, with all the players. They do unveil the players, but they say the, the best for the last, if you would, the offensive defensive players as they go to the national football foundation. So one, I wanted to get your thoughts on that a little bit. Obviously you have Juwan Carter, a Norfolk state graduate and defensive back the Kobe Durant, South Carolina state who will be in the game. So that's a fascinating matchup. When you talk about these defensive players, the game one, Jackson state has one. Um, obviously South Carolina state has another. And we're going to get in maybe, uh, maybe towards the end of the show, certainly next week, we'll get in those specific matches when we talk about wide receiver play, who may match up uh, with uh, the Kobe Durant and what that would look like, uh, pro potential on this guy, so fascinating moves. You got pro potential on Jackson State side of the ball. All over the field, you got pro potential. Um, I don't think you'll have to worry about going with another draft without having an HBCU player's name. You probably get maybe one or two out of the swag, one or two out of the MEAC as well and then some of your other conferences for that matter. But first, what are your thoughts on these two players? And then we'll get in maybe a little more thought in terms of how the alignment with the MEAC this year, instead of being in New York, they're in Las Vegas. That's not bad. Right. 
That's not bad at all, going out uh, for a trip to Las Vegas. Uh, I'm sure my sister-in-law will agree with that uh, completely. Uh, but you talk about uh, uh, two dynamic players in Juwan Carter, a uh, young man who threw for over 2,500 yards this past season, 21 touchdowns, also ran for another 390 yards, but a truly uh, a dynamic presence, dual threat uh, quarterback for the Norfolk State Spartans, and he led that attack uh, this past year for them. And then Kobe Durant, I, I think that is going to be a – fascinating watch uh, because he is a legitimate NFL pro prospect. He'll be going up against uh, six, five receivers on, on, on either side uh, for Jackson state. So you'll really get an opportunity to see, you know, whether Jackson state uh, even goes in his direction because uh, he is a tremendous ball player. You talk about a young man who's uh, one of the leaders in the MIAC in terms of interceptions and passes, defended things of that nature, but uh, truly, you know, somebody who came into the season, uh, preseason All-American with all sorts of hype, and he lived up to it during the course of the season. So uh, I'm looking forward to that matchup with Kobe Durant going up against uh, Shane Hooks or Mal Weidman or, or even uh, 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 Keith Corbin in the middle. So it's going to be a real fun watch next week with the Celebration Bowl. And Jackson State just having fun all year long. Their wide receivers got the matchup, FAMU defensive back. We've seen what the uh, Mississippi Valley State defensive backs as a group, come, come together and do in terms of leading the conference in interceptions. So now they got to do it on the big stage in the old game, uh, the Cricket Wireless Celebration Bowl. So it's fun. These little matchups, man, I can't wait to dig a little further in there. We're just giving you some tease now. Uh, yeah. And you can tease a little more. You can tease a little more with that. I see you right on the tip of your tongue. Tell them what they need to start looking for now. Digging well, into those numbers. I, and, and you talk to assistant coaches around the swag. You talk to coaches at Jackson State, and uh, they're not going to be surprised whatsoever with anything South Carolina State brings to the table. But the first thing that comes out of everybody's mouth uh, in regards to the MIAC is the offensive line and the defensive lines. They bring lines uh, to the Celebration Bowl every year. And for all the fireworks that we have in the swag uh, in terms of scoring and things of that nature, uh, in a lot of ways, you just have to get into a, a good old-fashioned slugfest with these uh, offensive and defensive lines uh, that the MEAC brings every year. And we've seen North Carolina a and uh, They've taken over games uh, <laughs> with regards to the offensive line. We saw Tariq Cohen, how he was able to get off in years past. Uh, we've seen explosive offenses uh, from, from North Carolina A&T. But it's the first thing out of everybody's mouth is either the defensive line or the offensive line. They're just physical. And that's something uh, that Jackson State is going to have to really uh, bring that physicality uh, to this game as well because they've been getting everybody's best punch throughout the course of the season. I don't expect any different in this celebration ball game. Yeah, I agree with that. And that's what's fascinating because you're starting to see that transition in the sweat, the physicality. We see mm-hmm. it starting off with the Alcorn, but now you see it maturation. Jackson State, FAMU, as they've come over, they used to play in their physical style. They brought it with them. You see it even at Prairie View in terms of in the championship game in our first part of the season. Uh, what has kept them in so many games is the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, early they might have been able to put up some numbers, but really the difference in terms of them being able to close out the season and uh, uh, win the Western Division was what they did on the defensive side of the ball in improving that side of the ball. And again, I, I can't leave out Mississippi Valley State in terms of physicality. No, it may not have been played in terms of the gross number of wins, but certainly the production uh, on that side of the ball and the growth that you see, you see it there. And those are just a couple of teams that I wanted to bring out in terms of the physicality play of the ball. Um, so it'll be interesting because you, you see a little bit of both 
in the SWAC. And I guess that's what happens when you expand the conference, that you'll have different styles of plays that you have to figure out. And I think it'll be interesting for Jackson State going up to South Carolina State, how that works. And then you got the fact that South Carolina State uh, playing a smaller number of conference games that had a wider depth of non-conference games. And so the variability of the different types of teams they played all season long allows them maybe to see a different schematic. It'll be interesting to get in to see maybe during the press conference if we can get to some of these coaches uh, next week and ask them, is there any similarity in other teams they play that they would say is similar to what they'll see in the opposing team they play this weekend? One thing I did want to get into before we get into this uh, last break, I wanted to ask you about that, the National Football Foundation partnering with them. Again, the last couple of years, uh, Dr. Dennis Thomas, um, as he is transitioning, as he likes to say, out of the MEAC commissioner role, um, he had great relationships. He set this up. And this year, it went into Las Vegas. And shout out to Stephen Gaither. It went to Las Vegas. And I can understand why he decided to find a reason to get to Las Vegas. And he dressed the part. Shout out huh, to my man, Stephen Gaither. <laughs> looking like money. Literally looking like money when he goes Denver. to Las Vegas. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I'm not mad at him at all other than the fact that he left me. Next time, you need to let a brother know. I get down there with you. I can hold it up for a little bit of light out there for HBC game day. You know, we partner on some things. We got to be ugly to each other. Just let me know. Shout out to Tyler Carr. We're going to tell it. We're going to tell it. But on seriousness, National Football Foundation and the SWAC, Dennis Thomas, and now the commissioner-elect Steels furthering this. What do you think about this relationship and the uniqueness and experience for the young folks to get to go on this grandiose stage and to get their announcements of being an offensive, defensive player amongst all these dignitaries. Well, we've talked about it on the show, uh, the student-athlete experience. And you talk about the relationships uh, that Dr. Dennis Thomas has put in place uh, throughout his illustrious career, this being another one. Uh, but uh, it had to be the experience of a lifetime. Uh, to go be presented an award for Offensive Defensive Player of the Year uh, at this uh, National uh, Football uh, Foundation Awards dinner uh, amongst uh, all your peers. So, I mean, that, that's, that, that says something. And, that, and that's the sort of student experience that uh, sticks and burns in your mind for the rest of your life. So uh, for Dr. Thomas to be able to put this in place uh, via his relationships, you can't say enough about that. And he's just done so much for the HBCU culture, for HBCU sports. Uh, as you mentioned, he's transitioning uh, to, to uh, another phase of life. Uh, but just his uh, earmark that he has done for HBCU sports, you can't speak enough about it. Great points you made. Appreciate you sharing that. This is Dr. Bill inside the HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. Professor Bishop and I will be right back after this last break. We're going into the fourth quarter. Give it to you hard and heavy. Stick with us. From novice to aficionado, find yourself here. High quality cigars plus personal customer service. Slow Burn is Waco's only mobile cigar lounge featuring a meticulous curated collection of premium cigars. Visit our website, www.slowburnwaco.com. That's www.slowburnwaco.com. Are you hungry for authentic Caribbean food? Like jerk chicken, oxtail, red snapper, shrimp, tofu, and rasta pasta? Well, find your way over to Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, 180 Auburn Avenue, right next to Royal Peacock in downtown Atlanta. Them belly full, but we hungry. 
Mago's Caribbean Restaurant. Open daily from 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. And on Friday and Saturday, we're open till 4 a.m. Come to Mango's and put some spice in your life. Oh, we've got a good thing going. Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, 180 Auburn Avenue, right next to Royal Peacock. In downtown Atlanta. For more info or directions, call 404-698-3992. Or log on to mangoscaribbeanrestaurant.com. For instant coupons, text M-A-N-G-O-S to 313131. Mango's Caribbean Restaurant. Authentic Caribbean cuisine. Q-Time is our classic Atlanta soul food restaurant located in the historic West End. Q-Time Soul Food is a family business started by Fred and Christine Crenshaw. Come on in, relax, and sink your chops into our tantalizing, mouth-watering, distinctive soul food with a twist, the Q-Time way. 1120 Ralph David Abernathy Boulevard, or call your order in at 404-758-2881. Do you miss your mama's cooking? Then come on down to Q-Time, an Urban Passport member. For 200 years, Montgomery, Alabama has been making history by people who had the courage. Press the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they're going to tell you if your team, if they want to allow that. So listen to Professor Yes Sir and pay attention because he's going to teach a lesson. The sporting HBCU dash, in a lot of ways, it means what we are to each other. Boy, this show took place in Jackson, Mississippi. Oh, man, we'll get in there a little bit. Let me give some love. MEAC sees five programs ranked in the latest NTCA poll. MEACsports.com, they talk about the MEAC five programs ranked in the top 25 for the National 10-Pin Coaches Association. Check that out. Uh, you have, um, obviously, the defending uh, MEAC champion, North Carolina a They're still in the conference for um, – the pins in terms of bowling. So make sure mm-hmm. that y'all don't get all except Yes, they're still in there for, for bowling. Uh, but they have, obviously, number 14. You have Delaware State remained at number 14 with Morgan State making its first appearance, top 25 since 2010, coming in at number 16. The Bears have won two tournaments so far this season, are just one of two teams now ranked after being unranked in the preseason polls, the other being Lewis University. Maryland Eastern Shore is number 18. Monmouth is number 25. And rounding out the MEAC, uh, presence in the poll when you talk about that. So amazing when you look at all the talent uh, in bowling in the MEAC, they are way up there when you talk about five teams being ranked in the top 25. What is that, you know, a fifth of the poll? <laughs> and, and that's fascinating, Jimmy, especially when you take a look at uh, a sport that a lot of African-Americans have uh, uh, historically gravitated yep. to with bowling. And then you have uh, this tie-in with HBCU schools that are all uh, nationally ranked. Uh, it's really fascinating to see that because uh, as, as far as I've grown up, I have known, you know, from people who have gone to the bowling alley and have honed their skills. It's almost like, you know, a pool in, in, in that sense that uh, that's just one of those things that uh, African-Americans have consistently been a part of. Yeah, let's Shivery's not dead. Let's get a little more love uh, to the women out there in terms of volleyball. Uh, you had obviously FAMU win the SWAC over Jackson State, but you had Jackson State that was in the NIVC, that's the National Invitation Volleyball Championship Tournament. Um, so they end their season with a first round record. But the fact that they got that extended, I think, is important uh, as they got it in there. I know Delaware State was in this as well as they 
uh, lost to Boston College uh, in terms of their uh, great season. Obviously, Howard went into the NCAA tournament. Delaware State was in the finals against them, just like Jackson State was in the finals against FAMU. I believe North Carolina A&T was also in this uh, invitation for volleyball. So shout out to the women's teams, multiple teams getting a uh, postseason invite. I think that's impressive of where volleyball is going uh, in uh, HBCU sports, particularly at the Division One level with the MEAC and SWAC. What are your thoughts on that, John? Yeah, extremely impressive. Anytime you do some postseason in your chosen sport uh, and, and are able to extend out uh, your season, it goes a long way for recruiting. So uh, it's great to see that uh, uh, work out for Jackson State. Yeah, yeah. Well, I know everybody's excited. Y'all thought y'all were going to slide out with my Week 14 HBCU marching sports poll ranking? No, it's not over. We had a championship game, which means you had two bands at the fight. Remember, in this poll ranking, it's not about your fan favorites. It's not about you going out there and sitting in your little chat boxes and telling all your alumni and sending the league. Make sure you vote. Make sure you vote. Some of y'all vote <laughs> one, two, five, six times, different computer devices. I know how you do it to get your numbers up. That's okay. Not in this one. This is marching sport. You got to have a contest. So the bottom part of this pretty much stays the same. We'll get into it. Uh, at number 10, we got Alcorn State, the sounds uh, of dynamite getting it done in so many different ways. Let me give them some love. And then, obviously, you have at number nine, South Carolina State, marching 101, three and two on the season, one and one, 20 points. Uh, So we'll have a top 10 matchup between South Carolina State and Jack State. We'll see where they are uh, in terms of this matchup. At number eight, you have Prairie B&M, marching storm. Uh, They did lose in terms of this matchup. So they finished the season two and three. Not a lot of matchups for them. Uh, they said at 29 points, they do stay at eight in terms of the overall ranking, which lets you know what Jackson State did. But we'll see if that helped them anyways in the poll. At number seven, Bethune-Cookman, Wildcats, the March Storm at two and one. 0 and one in the conference race, 30 points. They stay right there at number seven. Bring us to number six, which is Alabama State, the mighty marching Hornets, five and two, one and three. Tremendous season. It looks like, in this case, it's still – the East is still finding a way to get it done in a lot of ways. I'm getting nervous about all this Eastern division love. But let me get in here. I want to get in the top fives and see if we can break up any of this. At number five, we have Kentucky State, the mighty marching thoroughbreds. Find a way to jump in there with what some people would call the big boys, but we call it the major division versus the mid-major. And in marching sports, we only have one poll, so they're all mixed in there. Kudos for Kentucky State to get it done. At number four, Norfolk State, the Spartans Legion marching band. Too bad they don't get to showcase themselves in uh, the Celebration Bowl as they were edged out. That loss to South Carolina State uh, put that game that they had at the end of the season that might have determined it wasn't even uh, in that situation. Both teams, as John Grant said, come in undefeated, but they are in the top five. At number three, Jackson State, the Sonic Boomer South, 7-2, They improve 81 points. They, they do move a little closer to FAMU. That was so long ago. If they get it done in this game, do they get a bump up? Can they find a way, even though the head-to-head wasn't there? And now with, you know, it'll be 10 matchups mm. uh, with quality. They would go to mm. eight if they can get it done to one-on-one. Just as FAMU, five and one, three and one, only played in six. Not a lot of contests. Didn't get the chance to get to the SWAT championship game. Would have gave them another one. If they could have found a way to win that, then they would have had uh, eight on the resume. And you would take away – at least two from Jackson State. So it's interesting to see how that plays out, that you need these matchups in a lot of ways 
marching sport is similar to uh, what's on the gridiron in this case that you got to win to get in. Southern, the human jukebox, they travel a lot. They get it done. Credit to them. They got eight games in, 5-0 and undefeated. Can Jackson State make a major start statement in front of everybody and leapfrog? So it's still time, still room uh, to see what will go on because we'll have the final poll releasing. You saw this past Tuesday. We gave our final poll at the mid-major. We do it on purpose to make sure mid-major programs can get that type of love. They got it done when you talk about Bowie State Bulldogs in terms of the mid-major division champions. Shout out to the Bulldogs, giving them so much love. Damian Wilson, Coach Damian Wilson there, was on the show to get his accolades, and we'll make sure that we're excited about that. Charles, what are your thoughts on the marching sport poll? Week number 14, we only have one left. You know, Dr. Grell, I had someone come up to me talking about uh, the band poll, and they said, uh, you have hit on something. You need to see some battles. You can't just sit off over there and not travel and, and, and play at home. You got to see some battles. You touched on something. Jackson State has been through some battles this season in terms of, of traveling. So it'll be interesting to see if they can leapfrog. Let me uh, say kudos to Prairie View. Tremendous field show this past weekend at the SWAC Championship. They had me playing the whistles on, on Sunday and Monday uh, from what they did this past uh, Saturday. So uh, kudos to them. But uh, it was – and this is a Prairie View fan who came up to me and said this. I finally got an opportunity to see the sonic boom up close and the tradition uh, of – uh, coming in to, you know, uh, to uh, get ready uh, to, as the game gets ready to start, we came to play uh, the end of the third quarter playing the show, all that plays into it. And, you know, I'm huge on fan engagement. And that's something that the Sunny Bloom of South is tremendous at rallying up their fan base, ginning up their fan base into a ladder. Uh, Southern does it uh, tremendously as well, but uh, that is, you know, part of the whole pageantry of, of, of college football, of, of the marching sport and everything. So uh, tremendous kudos to the Sonny Boom and South. Uh, I think at one point I'm looking at the game on, on TV and they're blowing in the background and, and, you know, Jay Walker makes a comment, this place is lit. And that's what it's about. That's what the band is there uh, to, to really uh, be that 12th man. Oh, well done. Well done. I'm glad that you brought all that into phrase. And that's exactly what I was trying to do. So I'm glad that people recognize it and saying that we do it different here on Inside the HBCU Sports Labs. We try to give you a different perspective. So all those viewers, we love you. We appreciate what you do. Our lab listeners, it's because of you and the way that you have celebrated. And let me shout out again, a special thanks to Jackson State University, Jackson, the city and the state of Mississippi in terms of the cultural diaspora, uh, particularly African-American black folks, everybody was included. But the way that you felt the HBCU culture was there, loud and clear, the tailgate, uh, inside the game, pre-game, post-game, all of it, night before, flights in and everything. It was an homage of what we talk about when we talk about the sporting HBCU aspirant, the HBCU sports culture, HBCU athletic aesthetics. So I wanted to give a special shout out uh, to uh, the culture, and particularly for those fans in Jackson that made everybody that came in there feel very welcome, um, those that were not just a part of Jackson or Jackson State University. Uh, I didn't hear anybody have any problem in any way, uh, no matter what the outcome of the game was. It was good, clean, fun in that perspective, and I think that was important. You heard Dion talking about that from a city perspective. You came in and gave a shout out to a gentleman that's working on that. So I did want to acknowledge that. 
Uh, yeah, and, and I want to, you know, uh, take my hat off to the Southwestern Athletic uh, Conference uh, in terms of the strategic planning uh, and things that went into uh, this uh, SWAG championship game. A tremendous job. You didn't even hear uh, an issue with regards to the parking uh, that has been, you know, sometimes reared its ugly head uh, with regards to Jackson State games. But uh, to see my uh, city of birth, Jackson, Mississippi, uh, host this SWAG championship game uh, to uh, experience the HBCU culture uh in 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 full blast it was tremendous it was i had a moment where i just kind of stood back and kind of took it all in and it was just beautiful to watch uh from the tailgate to the anticipation of the bands walking in to the game itself and then of course you know jackson state being able to get the win but uh the city of jackson uh, which uh when you go back to this past spring water issues things of that nature for them to be able to explode uh in this culture this uh, hbcu uh, cultural celebration i can't say enough about it and i'm happy that jackson mississippi got an opportunity to experience it. yeah you said about that parking i'm glad you said about the parking because i need to give a shout out to mr earl jemison quiet yes sir yes sir. a mighty stature in terms of what he does behind the scenes particularly when it goes into parking. He has uh, a brilliant mind in terms of understanding dynamics. And I know um, he's quiet, reserved, uh, but he stands large and looms when it talks about getting it done from a business perspective. So I need to make sure I pay uh, homage to him in terms of what he does. I know he'll be a little torqued about that, but sometimes you need to make sure people understand that uh, they deserve to be acknowledged. GV Quadrant reached the deal in Miles College. Great partnership between the HBCU and the city. In the G League in Birmingham, I want to see how that goes on. This is going to be a great opportunity for Miles College, particularly the students, because they're going to get to work in that arena. I know we talked about that before, but I wanted to give a shout-out to President Bobby Knight of Miles College for being in a position to make that happen. I think that's big. We'll shut it down. We'll be back. We'll get into the numbers starting on Sunday. And the rest of the week, we'll have a slow climax, but we'll get you into the game. We kind of wanted to get on some other things, bring some people to you, and tell you about the business the aesthetics this week and save next week to get into the numbers so we can lab you up. So stick with us. Appreciate all the lab listeners. Shout out to all these folks getting in here done. I didn't get the chance to shout out too many names, but uh, you know how we do it. Charge it to the heart, not the mind. But let me see. Maybe I can get a couple of folks in here in terms of what goes on. Jamie Walker's in the house. Great article, Jamie Walker. If you hadn't read that, G-Boom Holly. Great, great sure read. Go, great read. Go check that out. Good job there. Kate Johnson, as always. Checking us out, Chuck Hunt. I uh, want to make sure Stan Hardy. Congratulations. Look like you got a coach. Well done. Look forward to the battle and State Fair Classic and the rest of the season next year uh, as the G-Men uh, seems like they're ready to get back into football business. Much love to them. Shout out to Southern University. They got their new, coach. New head coach. Uh, mm -hmm. it, uh, congratulations. Much love to Dooley. Uh, anytime you get a chance to go home, you will never hear me complain about it. I wish him the best. Obviously, uh, in terms of him moving forward. So shout out to Dwight Moore. Thaddeus Reed, appreciate the love when I was there. Uh, and all the kindred spirits, man, you go hard on it, but you made sure that you showed good love. So appreciate you there, uh, all kidding aside. So I want to shout out some of those folks in there and those that did shout out. You know, uh, we appreciate you. We love you. Keep up the good work. Stay safe. COVID is still out there. Be mindful. Stay safe for your family as you close out on the Celebration Bowl. And in this holiday season. Thank you for listening to Inside the HBC Sports Lab. Make sure you share our podcast with your friends and colleagues. I am Dr. Kenyatta Cavill, the Dean of HBC Sports, coming from inside the lab in the College of HBC Sports with Mike Washington, Charles Bishop. Let's go ahead and get Roy to come up on the screen, give him a shout out. 
as he <laughs> is in the background and running the shop, my JBN, my BCSN, we couldn't do it with him. Uh, I mean, without him, I should say, and he's going to rep his rattlers as they continue to get it done in so many different ways. We got basketball season. It's going to get interesting there with both men's and women's. They're not finished with the business. They got it done in volleyball. They're going to be back some more basketball. But we got a little team down there in Texas on the other side. We got a team down in Mississippi and Jackson. They're going to be in the business, both on the men's and women's side, which is really scary. But with that said, again, we want to thank you for listening to Dr. Bill's Inside of HBC Sports Lab with Mike Washington, Charles Bishop, every Tuesday and Thursday at 6 o'clock. You know what we do on Sunday at 9. We look forward to next week as we discuss the latest news in the labs. Follow me, Dr. Kenyatta, via Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Inside the HBCU Sports Lab 1 on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. That's Inside the Sports Lab. Dream big. Continue to move forward. We will talk with you soon. Charles? Of course. Roy? Thanks, sir. Dismissed.